And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaco Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is J-Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Before we get started, I want to wish a very Merry Christmas to Mark Wakefield from us at Down to Dunk, from your wife, from Gemma, Mabel, and Rory. Mark, we hope that you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Down to Dunk community. Now, without further ado, I've got my good friend Alex Spears on the line here. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? So, big news. So, everybody wants to talk about Victor Wimbanyama. Everybody wants to talk about Scoot Henderson, maybe the Thompson yeah. twins. Yeah. But move over all those guys because... There's another Jalen Williams in the NCAA this season who's playing for Auburn, and he's making his he's making his uh, return tonight from injury. So, what, just, is he is I, he uh, is he someone who might actually get drafted? I have no idea, but I just assume that the Thunder want him. They want all the Jalen Williamses. I don't I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's so loud. Yeah, there's a there's a leaf blower. Alex is a, in an. undisclosed location in oklahoma city and uh it's the land of leaf blowers so literally the second we start recording (laughs) he's standing outside of the window he might as well be staring at me just blowing these leaves he's uh he's wanting to tune into dtd live you know he knows he knows what's going on a a messed up way to try to uh, catch a live pod yeah not cool um must be a big blazers fan not a not a fan of what happened in oklahoma city on monday night um, yeah that was a blast were you at that game no i was i was i literally recorded three podcasts in the span of like three and a half hours like and part of it was during the game so i couldn't be there uh that's too bad for you because as it turns out it was a pretty good game it was a great game i know i was very disappointed as i'm sitting here watching it in my office but and I would say specifically, like, if you think about teams in the league that you want to be in, like, a close back-and-forth contest with at yeah. the end of the game, oh. Blazers are a great option because oh. you, you yeah. have Dame and now you have Simons. Simons, yeah, yeah. There's just so many Simons guys. is great, too, in that game. He was great, yeah. He's he's very good. Um, but, yeah, they're, like, up there with, I would say the Warriors are an obvious choice because of Steph. Yeah. Like, they they just tend to be in these back-and-forth fourth quarter games where both teams are making shots it's not like it's just an ugly defensive thing like it was non-stop shot making yeah which was was awesome it was so much fun yeah dame was was awesome i mean that that reverse layup that he hit to tie it up was it's not an easy shot (laughs) at all it's not and and they had dort on him and you know, as good of a point of attack defender as Dort is, I do feel like the small quick guards are not his forte. Like yeah. I, when I think about Dort defending, I think of wanting. Oh my God! There's. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna have to stop for a second. Okay. Yeah, Dort. I I'm with you. I think that Dame is really difficult to defend for just about everybody, um, and. The guys that Dort defends a little bit better are the more James Harden type of guys that just like play with brute force and just are trying to drive into you and trying to create that way. Or like Dame is not 
that way. Like Dame isn't using brute force. Like he's he's trying to use like more smoke and mirrors type of stuff to get by you, and he'd rather take step backs and he'd rather you know be more elusive, which is tough. And they like to use a lot of screens. And Dort Dort will fight through just about any screen. In fact, like he's one of the best like foul drawers out of like a screen situation as a defender. Just because he knows, like, if a guy is setting his base too wide, guaranteed Lou Dort is going to get an offensive foul call right there. Because he will run into them, like, as hard as he can to make sure. And it happens, like, just about every single game. Um, but, yeah, Dame is, Dame is tough. He is now the all-time leading scorer for the Blazers, which is pretty cool. And um, it seems like he got a decent ovation. In, in arena? I mean, even though he's the guy who sent the Thunder packing, I think people, I think most people recognize that he basically delivered the Thunder Shea. Not only that, but he, he also represents like the type of player OKC hopes to have. Yeah. Which is the no guy doubt. who is so committed to his, his small market franchise that he ends up staying there the entire career, which seems like it will happen with Dame. Who knows? Yeah, but, well, and Dame was asked about Shea and, like, what advice he would give him after the game. And he said things like, the grass isn't always greener. Like, you know, the people that want you to go to a different team aren't going to be the ones that have to deal with the consequences. And, you know, that he is seen as the leader here. And he basically is just like, yeah, he kind of has what I have in Portland. Like, don't leave it. Yeah, which was very nice of him to say. It was very nice of him to say. He didn't have to say nice. that. Yeah. Um, but it was also nice that Shea uh, did not let him get the best of him I know. and hit that game winner. I, just, I thought the minute that he got to his left and was and had a, a decent, had created a decent amount of space, I was like, this is cash. Like, that's going in. Like, I just had no question in my mind that that shot was going in. I thought the... Uh, I thought the, the whoever's keeping the clock was a little generous because I thought there might have been some time left after that shot went in. But oh right, yeah, yeah they let time expire, which gave him the the game winner. And what was amazing was about cool. that shot is thinking back to the early Thunder years, how many last second shot opportunities there were, and mm-hmm. how often they ended up with you know KD taking a forty foot three pointer, <laughs> and for that play to result in such an easy like relatively speaking attempt yeah where it was just kind of like wide open and you like weren't worried about it getting blocked yeah and he had a great look at the basket like we just didn't get a lot of that in the early thunder years it was a lot of get whoever kevin or russ near the logo and throw him the ball <laughs> yes and then they just <laughs> dribble and take it just an irresponsibly deep three and it would either go in or not <laughs> So, so that that was very refreshing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention, one three. Like he had thirty five points, took one three. Not not only that, but like that was not his best game. He, he's had a few games like this, yeah, where he's missing some shots that he normally would make, and yet you look up at the end of the game and he's still thirty plus. He's getting to the line an absurd amount of times. He that is like, in my opinion, the true mark of a superstar where even when he's having a game where I think he was like 10 for 24 in this game, yeah, he's he still was. getting his points. He's still getting to the line no matter what. Yeah. He's taking only three threes per game. It's the least amount of all the guys that are averaging 30. There's still seven guys averaging 30. Steph is like frozen there right now because he's yeah. hurt. But, you know, Steph takes 11. Jason Tatum takes nine. KD takes only 4.7, which is still insane to me. That he only takes four point seven threes with the kind of three point shooter that he is, but whatever. Giannis takes three point two, just a hair above Shea's three. Same for Embiid, and then Luca takes eight point three. Just unusual for a guard. Yeah, so and it's one threes. of those things that is kind of like neat. Now it's like sure, it's like yeah, it's kind of cool that he's still able to do this as a guard yeah. and still average thirty points. Long term, though, like I mean, let's be clear. We would like Shay to eventually be taking more threes per game. Threes are good, is what I would say. 
I mean, yeah. if if Taylor has to root for like the next Demar Derozan, you know, the next guard <laughs> who doesn't take threes, I think that will kill him. <laughs> so we need Shea to take a few more threes eventually. Yeah, you wonder because it just feels like he is kind of in the lab a little bit the last few years, like trying to figure out different things with yeah. his game. And you just wonder what it looks like when you get better players here. And there's and also, more space on the court. Like the amount of, uh, like just the beating he goes through night after night. You have to imagine at some point he's going to think like, all right, getting knocked down to the ground this many times every single game is getting a little old. Yeah, I need to find myself some easier shot attempts, which threes would potentially be one option there. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah, taking more threes. I would I would I would welcome it. He's not like he's not some lights out three point shooter, but like he's good enough to where he should take more. I mean he shoots the same percentage that Luca does. Yeah. You know? And Luca almost takes three times the amount <laughs> that Shea does per game, which is fine. But that game winner was so much fun. That was just a, it was just an extremely fun game. Great game from a lot of guys. There was not really like a second star of this game if I were to pick like a second star of this game would be Kenrich Williams with just like the energy that he brought off the bench like really kind of changed things for the team he's like just your he's a plus 18 it's like this is like a very Kenrich Williams style game yeah he these last couple games have been the first time this season where it's felt like Kenrich from two years ago yeah yeah for sure where you are noticing just what he's doing everywhere on the court yeah. And, and especially like seeing him, I think you and uh, McKelly talked about this, but seeing just how he's directing guys yeah. on the defensive end. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just like, he, he's been back to that version of Kenrich these last couple of games. And it's been nice to see because mm-hmm. early in the season and who knows, it could have been a lot of different things. I mean, he wasn't getting consistent minutes either. Um, and maybe he will start getting some consistent minutes, at least while Trey Mann is down in the G League. But yeah, it feels like Kenrich is back. Kenrich is back. Let's let's start talking about him on national podcasts again. That's right. Let's, it's let's, time. Yeah, people are going to talk about him. I mean, he legitimately could help a lot of contenders. But, <laughs> Andrew, we're going to get to that. But he does. He does not want to. He wants to help this team. He does not want to help contenders. He does not. He wants to help this team become a contender. I. If you if you're looking for still if you're still looking for and can't find the uh, Nick Collison of this next era, it's him. Like that's um, that's who it is. So some other some other, I I just really like the rotation right now. Yeah. Um, I mean Eugene is getting 12 minutes, which you know I don't have anything against Eugene, but you're not a Eugene like, guy. It's it's just one of those guys where. You know, you wonder how long he's going to be on the team. I um, kind of like Eugene. There's a, there's... I, I like him too, and he's serving a very important role on this team because he is like one of the only guys who's big. He's the only guy, yeah, and he's not even, and he's just big in the fact that he's like crazy strong. He's only like, yes, he's wide. He's only like six six. He's like playing center in most of these lineups. Yeah, he's uh, Eugene is pretty fun. I also just like that there's a a mouthful of braces whenever he comes to the podium and is smiling. So I like that about Eugene. But yeah, the rotations make more sense now as a team trying to compete because you're bringing in guys off the bench that like Isaiah Joe and Mike Muscala and Kenrich Williams and Lindy Waters and even Eugene to a degree that it's like, oh yeah, None of the, I mean, they're all developing in some way, but none of, all of them just fill a role. You know, it's not like, you know, I, I don't know. There's no mystery to what these guys are. And you just bring them in, you're like, oh, yeah, easily, easy to plug in. Like, all of those guys are really easy to plug into a lineup. Yeah, that's true. And, and specifically playing them together in these sniper lineups or whatever you want to call them, bomber like, lineups. Yeah. That's what he calls them. I don't know. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Maybe a different name might be appropriate. Yeah. Okay. See. Yeah. Uh, so against Minnesota, we talked about how that 
lineup with SGA and shooters. So it was Muscala, mm-hmm. Wiggins, Joe, and Waters. Mm-hmm. 97.4 net rating. Yeah. Against Portland, they subbed out Wiggins for Kenrich. Yeah. It was 133 net rating. Those lineups have been so dominant. Yeah. In these last couple games. Yeah. Like absurdly dominant. That, and they're not going to do this, but like if they wanted to play the way the Harden Rockets played yeah. or the way the Luka Mavs played, SGA absolutely could do that. And yeah. I think it, they'd be really good. Yeah. It's not that complicated. Like if you want to maximize Shea today, just put shooting around him. I even thought it was cool that they let J Dub take one of those lineups too it didn't go well they were they were a minus 20 but he got to play with kenrich joe wiggins and muscala for six minutes that was at like the midpoint of the fourth yeah um i thought that was cool too it didn't work out but i like to see j-dub being put into that sort of role yeah where, where he's the guy initiating the offense or at least who makes the most sense initiating the offense yeah he had a decent bounce back game after really struggling in a game that like people thought, okay, this is gonna be the J Dub game. I know, and they still won. They still won. Like it's. I mean, if you would have told me that he was over eight from the field, I would have said, man, they got trounced by the Grizzlies, and still somehow they won that game. <laughs> um. So we got a question from Eric Home at Eric K Home mm-hmm. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Monday? the game against the Blazers in the top 10 of regular season games in franchise history. I'm probably speaking out of recency bias, but a buzzer beater wave by the future just feels too good. Um, I was trying to just remember any regular season games. So the only two that immediately jumped out were the, the two wins against the KD warriors in the Russ MVP season. Yeah. Um, or, were the, or was that the PG year? It was PG. It's okay, the PG, PG Mellow. Yeah, PG Mellow. Yeah. Those I remember as regular season games that in the grand scheme of things didn't really make a difference one way or the other. Yeah. But just are were very memorable. Are there any that jump off the page to you? The brain page. I mean, there's so many from the Russ MVP year that stick out. I mean, like the Denver one for sure. <laughs> the Denver one for sure, yeah. Like that's a big one. There was like a game winning shot from Durant early on that where he had against game, Dallas, yeah, right? Against that was his Dallas. first game winner. Yeah, yeah, like that was extremely fun. I mean, there's a lot. I don't know. We'd have to like go through the catalog. I don't know that it makes the problem with like this is that there's no high stakes involved at all. Yeah, you know, and there's no like high emotion involved. Like that's like the the win against the Warriors, like you talked about, was like highly emotional. You know. It felt like it felt like you as a fan had accomplished something after the win. You know, <laughs> yeah. this was just yeah, somehow made up for Kevin Durant leaving. Yeah, no, it was great. You know, Melo was awesome. Melo was like putting like the, the spin move on Draymond Green. It was amazing. Like it was just so much fun. That was great. Um, oh, James Harden's first game back. There's a lot, man. Very memorable. There. This team has been through a lot. I mean, the Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, full court yeah. throw. That was great. You know, that season had a bunch because they were like one of the most clutch teams in the NBA that year. So I don't I don't think it is just because it's not necessarily a quote unquote game of consequence. Was it a very fun game? Yes. Is it a sign of things to come? Yes. But yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it's a top ten Thunder game. Uh, yeah, and sign of things to come. I mean, there's been so many stats over the last couple days leading up to that game, and then after that game about how good Shea has been in the clutch this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been, it's just been fun because one, you you think that's happening, but at the same time, it's not like the team has an amazing record. But yeah, he's number one in clutch points this year yeah. with 79 ahead of DeMar DeRozan, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, and Jalen Brunson. Kind of an interesting list there of guys who would be at the top for clutch points. Because yeah. obviously you have to be in games where you are You have in the to clutch. play close games in order to have a lot of clutch points, yeah. 
which means you probably aren't a dominant team. So that's why like Jason yeah. Tatum wouldn't be up there, even right. though we think of him yeah, as like, a good Yeah, this is not player. like yeah, clutch points is not like who's the best player when the game comes down to the wire. Like that's not what <laughs> right. this is. This is like you are you are scrape when you win or lose, you're just scraping by. Like that's what it is. Which and that's part of what has made this season so entertaining because they've been oh, in so many clutch games. So they're currently as a team third in clutch minutes behind only Charlotte, which that is kind of interesting because Charlotte is not good. And then no, Miami is number one with 96. So we're only four minutes behind. So we can we can potentially catch up if we have another good game tonight. Good close game with the Blazers. Yeah. But no, I think it's awesome because you look back, they're they've almost matched their minutes for clutch games from last season or for, sorry, from two seasons ago, I think they were like at one Oh nine or something for the entire 82 game season. And then last year they were somewhere around one fifty, So they're on pace to break both of those. Yeah. Which I just think is really good because we've seen this team lose a lot in the clutch this year. Although there are nine and 12 in the 21 games that end up in the clutch, Mm -hmm. but just to have that type of experience. I mean, you look down at the bottom of this list, the Spurs have 36 total minutes in the clutch. So the Thunder have three times that amount. And, and they're at a different place in their rebuild. But like they're not getting a ton of opportunities for their young guys to learn how to win. Yeah. You know, they're, they're getting blown out most nights or they're <laughs> blowing out the Rockets. Like yeah. They did in their last game. God, what a disastrous, disastrous uh, team. But yeah, that, that's been a really nice development for this team to have yeah. those opportunities. And it's continued. It wasn't just like an early season thing. Yeah. No, it was very fun. It was very, very fun. Uh, Al, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about trade value rankings for the Thunder. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back from that quick break. Al? Yeah? We're taking yeah. taking a page from old boy Bill Simmons. Uh, yes, Bill Simmons. He did a trade value podcast during the summer, and then he just did an updated one um, about a week ago. Yeah. And so first I just wanted to talk about where he had Thunder players on his list. And then I have done a trade value ranking of just Thunder players from 17 to 1. Mm-hmm. And I'll go through them. I've separated them into tiers. And, Andrew, you can tell me which ones you agree with and which ones you do not agree with. Okay. Uh, so, first of all, let's start with SGA because I, I think that's there's less to be um, confused about. <laughs> he had SGA as the 12th ranked player on his list. Wow. The only players ahead of him were KD... Embiid, Zion, Evan Mobley, Devin Booker, 
Ja, Tatum, Steph, Jokic, Luka, Giannis. Sure. The one on that list that I actually would make the case for SGA being ranked higher than would actually be Kevin Durant. Yeah. Because if both of those guys were on the market, the number of teams that would be interested is much higher for SGA than it would be for KD. Oh. And it's not because of KD's bad, but it's just because KD's older. Age, and contract, you have, all of that. You have to be a team that absolutely knows you can be a contender right now to mm-hmm. trade for KD. Whereas if SGA was available, basically any team in the league potentially could make it work by trading for SGA. We've actually already seen this happen because we saw Kevin Durant was on the trade block Did all summer long. Traded. Yeah. And they could not come up with a trade that made sense. Because I don't so, think that the teams that would want to trade for Kevin can give enough up for Kevin. Right. But literally almost any team in the league would feel comfortable trading for Shea. Because one, he's on a long-term deal. And then two, he's so young still. He hasn't even entered his prime yet. So yeah, why wouldn't you want a player like that that can be like the engine of your offense? So that gets him up to 11. And then the other name... And, and Bill admitted that he probably had this player a little too high, was Evan Mobley, um, who we all like, of course. But I think you could make a pretty good case. I mean, I mean, Shea is a lot better player than Evan Mobley is today. Is today. Both of them would obviously get a huge trade haul if their teams traded them. Yeah. But I think for right now, although, I mean, the argument you can make for Mobley is that he's going to be under team control for a, a lot longer than Shea because he's only a second-year player. Yeah, that's like one of the only arguments that I would that I would say makes sense. It's like, oh, you can just have him for a long, lot longer. I mean, Shea is literally scoring double the amount that he is. <laughs> yeah. So and so these these other names, like even if I might dis- disagree, I understand why most people would have them ahead of SGA. Sure. Um, you know, I think Embiid's a really interesting case. Um, some of these guys are interesting cases because they've had an injury history, like with Zion. Zion, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really nice. Now, the other name is, of course, Josh Giddy. Yeah. Who Bill had ranked 35. That 35. And let me jarring. tell you some yeah. of the people he has him ahead of uh, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, Alonzo uh, Ball. LeBron James. <laughs> Listen, I love Josh Giddy. Andrew, I do too. Big fan. But even I was like, whoa, Bill, you got to slow down a little bit. Does Bill know that the Thunder have won every game that Josh Giddy has sat out of? Is he aware of that? <laughs> I don't know if he knows that stat. I don't think he is. I mean, putting him ahead. I mean, that, that group that's right there with him. So Cade, Scotty, and Jalen Green. One, I don't feel like confident enough in my appreciation for Giddy to say definitively that I would take him ahead of those guys just as basketball players. And I guess when it comes to trade value. I mean, if Detroit called OKC right now and said, we'll give you Cade for Giddy. They would say, I mean, OKC would. You'd have to say yes. You'd have to. Like, you just have to. And even like someone like Scotty Barnes, who I know people are a little down on Scotty right now. It's understandable. He's having kind of like a sophomore slump. You just go and compare those guys' stats, and like Scotty is still right there with Josh, if not surpassing him in most stats. I mean, he's, he's shooting better for three, for instance. Yeah. I mean, he, he's actually above thirty percent. So I thought that was just funny that uh, Bill is so obsessed with Giddy for whatever reason. Now the other Thunder name, which is right after Cade Cunningham, was Chet. So he had Chet above. He had him at thirty-nine. Yeah, ahead of Lonzo. Ahead of Jamal Murray, again ahead of LeBron, <laughs> which I mean, LeBron is really tough to to do one of these exercises with. Yeah, because he's kind of similar to KD, where you need to have a team that's ready to win right now, but also he's like much older than KD, and so I don't really know where I would put him either. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I just thought it was it was interesting. I would say you know whether we agree or disagree uh bill having three thunder players in the top 40 of trade value assets is is a good sign so far yeah uh just to go back on your giddy scotty thing giddy's like yeah. as statistically better in like almost every category is he yeah was i looking at them upside down points rebounds assists 
I know, but like field goal percentage, 48 to 43. Three-point percentage, 31 to 28. Uh, he's get He gets to the Wait, line more. 28? What are you talking about, 28? Am I looking at the wrong? Oh, you know what I'm doing. No. Sorry. Sorry. I just have – I'm comparing them by career, and that's why it screwed up. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why my numbers are wrong, Andrew. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm like, where are these numbers coming from? I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> I screwed up. They're actually very similar this year. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very, very similar this year. You know, he's shooting just a hair better from three. And normally, uh, you would say, well, Scotty is a lot better defensive player. Or at least that was the idea of Scotty. But if you have read anything or watched Scotty Barnes this year, yeah, I feel like that is the biggest um, little tidbit that casual fans don't realize. Mm-hmm. Which is that Scotty Barnes is not an elite defender. He's not anywhere close to an elite defender right now. He looks... It. He's got like elite he tools. Elite He's got tools in the toolbox. He doesn't know how to use the tools in his toolbox yet. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I would understand if someone ranked Barnes ahead of Giddy. Oh, I would still rank Obvi- him above. Like, I would still a, rank he was the rookie of the year. Yeah, I would still rank him above Giddy just because he I mean, his game is very scalable. I mean, you could see him playing with this this Thunder team too. You know. I mean, there was talk that like Scotty was going to be the guy for the Thunder if they had a chance to get him. But yeah, I um, Giddy's been very good though, and it's nice that he's getting some recognition. It is nice. Now the the most insane one on here because he did like seventy names. The most insane one, in my opinion, was number fifty, Herb Jones. Listen, Herb Jones is a very very good defensive player. He has him ranked ahead of Jaden Ivey, Domanis Sabonis, Jarrett Allen, DeAndre Ayton, De'Aaron Fox, Herb Jones. Yeah. Is Herb Jones even the best rookie that they drafted last year? <laughs> I don't know. He he does have and Herb is really good. Like we saw him defend, you know, Shea the way that he did, but to have Herb above all the guys that you listed is a little wild. It's it's very wild. Because he's also closer to a finished product because of his age right. than most rookies because yeah. he's already 24. Um, You know, compare like Herb to Josh Giddy, Like he's literally four years older than Josh. I think their, birthday's, their birthday's around the same day. And he's four years older. You know, imagine Josh in four years. You know, and you know he's shooting he's shooting thirty percent from three this year after yeah. being up close to thirty four percent. Even though everyone thought going in like, oh, this guy's probably not going to be a shooter. Yeah, he th- had yeah I he had a good shooting it. season last year, but like, what if he is more like a thirty percent shooter? Yeah, I. It's where I think that he is, and that's okay. He could get better. They have a good shooting coach in New Orleans, and he could get better through the years, but he's probably going to top out as more of like a 34% three-point shooter, which is below league average. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's wild to – I mean, he's just a really elite defender, and that's great. You need those guys, but to have him – even above Jared Allen – who has had an amazing season, by the way. <laughs> Jared Allen is really good, and he is probably like the most under-talked-about player. Like he's He has been like a lot better than Evan Mobley this year, but doesn't get like the shine or the recognition that Mobley does. You know, if you were to like choose an all-star big, like give me Jared Allen. I mean, he's been yeah. he's been phenomenal this year, and has had to sacrifice a lot. So, I don't know. Um, okay, are you ready for my Thunder trade value rankings? I'm ready. Okay, so I've separated them into seven tiers. It's actually eight tiers, okay. as you'll learn, but really seven tiers. And I've uh, titled the tiers based on what I think a team would be willing to give up. Mm-hmm. So, this is not how the Thunder would value these players. So, as we're going through and you say, well, obviously the Thunder would never give him up for that. Yeah, I know. This is what I think another team would offer for this player yeah okay so tier seven 
We're starting at we're starting at the worst, and we're going to go to the best, which okay. I think you know who will be the best. Tier seven. This tier is titled "Good Luck Getting a Decent Second. Okay, decent second would be <laughs> like a pick in the thirties, let's say. Good luck getting a decent second. Number seventeen, I put Omar Rui. Yeah. Number sixteen, Lindy Water. So I put the two two way guys at seventeen and sixteen. Yeah, without a doubt. Fifteen, I put Bays. Now part of this. Mm. It, it's less, in this case, less about, you know, Baze's overall talent. It's the fact that you immediately have to decide if you want to pay him or you mm-hmm. can let him play for a $6.2 million qualifying offer and then he's a free agent the following summer. I felt most comfortable with him here. I, okay. I just can't, and, and maybe it could happen, but I have trouble seeing a team giving up, like a, high, a quality second for Baze. What's right a quality now. second? Like a thirty-four, like a like a pick of like Detroit, where you think that where you feel pretty confident that it's going to be like a top five pick in the second. Yeah, I agree. I think you maybe get like a top forty protected second for him. Perhaps, perhaps yes. You know he's shooting fifty-one percent at the rim. I know as as a six-nine big. It's not ideal, and it's not. He's been out of the lineup. He's been sick lately. I don't know. He's played some good games, but yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I think I still think he's an NBA player. I think he can contribute somewhere, but I think his time here is is expiring. And if he had a little bit more time on his contract, I would probably bump him up. Like if a team knew, like, okay, we can try him out for a couple of years, see what we got, and then have to make a decision. Yeah, even if like they gave him like a, real, a small extension where he was making like $4 million a year for the next three years or something. Yeah. Like he actually might have a little bit more value then. Cause he it's might. Like, yeah, like whatever. We could even just waive him, and that's fine. So, uh, Number 14, J-Will. <laughs> yeah. I have J-Will in tier seven. Uh, you know, who's going to trade a really good second rounder for a second rounder that hasn't really played that yet in the NBA. They could just draft a player like that coming up. Yeah. He's been a G league player this year. Yeah. Um, so tier six, we've now moved on tier six. Mm -hmm. This is hoping for a decent second. These are players where I think you might have a shot at getting a decent second. Okay. Number 13, uh, Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala. Yeah. he just has 3.5 million. He's a 3.5 million expiring next year, and it's a team option. So it's very flexible, but at the same time, it's not like you want to give up a lot for Mike Muscala because it's possible that you just have him for next year and then he's an unrestricted free agent and he goes somewhere else. It'd be a nice for a like contender to bring in someone like Mike Muscala, but I don't sure. think they're going to pay you. I don't think that you're going to get a first for Mike Muscala. So if you're going to get yeah. something, it'd probably be like a decent second. You think that we could get Zubats for Muscala? You think they would do that again? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Isn't that an, it's such an insane trade to think about now? And I like Mike a whole lot. Like Mike is, he's one of my favorite people on the Thunder. He's shot the ball well, all that. But Zubats the most insane like thing so about that good. trade is that the Clippers didn't weren't the ones that offered it. The Lakers called the Clippers and offered it, and the Clippers <laughs> were like, "What? Uh, yeah, sure, I guess." <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> Uh, the you other name in this. this range I have is Aaron Wiggins. Um, I think you could argue for him being higher, but he honestly just hasn't played a lot. Yeah. Um, and as much as I like him, and he has 1.8 million next year and then a 1.9 million team option, I don't think realistically you would get more than a, a good second. Well, what's the Aaron next Wiggins. tier? Like, what's the next tier? Okay. Tier five. Multiple good seconds. I would I would argue that you could put Wiggins there. Really, I, I would move him just because of the position that he plays. Yeah, the fact that he is so cheap. That I think if a team was really trying to pry Aaron Wiggins from the Thunder, it would have to start with like multiple seconds. Again, I agree with you, but I'm saying, would a team really offer multiple seconds for Aaron Wiggins? I don't know. That's why I, I had him lower because I couldn't imagine the scenario where a team looks at what he's done so far and be like, we have to give like pick 32 to get Aaron Wiggins. Yeah. I just think like, I just don't think there's conversations being had about Aaron Wiggins. I think if, if teams are calling about him, I just think that then are just like, no, like you can't, 
you can't give us something like if they I agree. give it, Andrew if, Andrew this is trade value rankings for the other teams is not for the Thunder not with the Thunder are are how they value these guys just like if they put him on the market yeah what could they realistically expect to get I think you can get a good second for Aaron Wiggins if you're trying to get more than that there's not going to be a suitor yeah maybe not I don't know I'm a, I like Wiggs I I think I do too he's one of my faves I think he could. I think he could develop into like a legit two-way wing that teams would value. But they should they should play him more. Uh, tier five, multiple good seconds. This is where it's going to get a little controversial, Andrew. Okay. Again, multiple good seconds. So so you're getting two seconds that you expect to be like in that first couple picks of the second round. Yeah. Number eleven, I have Trey Mann. Yeah. I mean, again, we we believe that there's still a lot of upside there. But when I think about what a team would realistically offer for Trey Mann, do you really think you're going to get a first for Trey Mann? I don't. I mean, I right would now. I would flip-flop Wiggins and Mann at this point with just like what the yeah. way that Trey has played. The He's not he's not versatile like Wiggs is. He's um, not. The, the thing with Trey Mann, though, is if you believe in the path forward, he has an extra year of team control. Um. Because he was a first-round pick and not a second-round pick. Sure. Yeah. So that factored in. Number 10, I have Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Yeah. And number 9, I have Alexei Pokashevsky. Yeah. I didn't know if that would be controversial or not that I put him in the multiple good seconds, but it's just hard for me to envision a team paying even a, like a late first for Poke. Maybe that would happen. Maybe it's borderline. Yeah. But you know his his three point percentage is starting to <laughs> creep back down, Andrew. It's, I'm I'm it, worried about your thirty nine percent. It's dipping. Old prediction. It's dipping. It, it's dipping. Um, I, I now you'll go. I think it'll go back up. But yeah, I I don't think it's controversial. Okay. Okay. Like one thing that I ask, like anytime I'm sitting next to a scout, is like I just want to know what they think about Poku. You know? <laughs> yeah, and what are their responses? Um, they're wildly different. You know, depending on who you, depending on who you talk to, yeah, it's it's somewhere in between. This is the one of the worst five players in the NBA, to and one of the five best players. To I think this is the best player in NBA history. No, it's um, to like, hey, he's really skilled. He's really developed a lot, but he's got to get stronger. You know, yeah, like that's and that's probably the most positive that i've heard from a scout all season mm-hmm. was like yeah he's really skilled and he's seems to be getting better but like if he doesn't get stronger he's not going to make it yeah so i i that's scouts from other teams you know right. that are saying these right. kind of things about him so i like him a lot I hope it works. I hope he does get stronger. I hope that he becomes a mainstay just because it's fun having a guy named Poku do the kind of things that he does on your team. It's great. It's great fun. But he still And has we don't want to trade him, Andrew. We don't want to trade him. All right. We wouldn't accept this offer. We turn Oh, it down. definitely not. If somebody called off for two seconds, I say get out of here. Get so out of here. Right See out you later. Town. Say no way. Uh we're now on tier four, which is a protected first. So think like a late first. Yeah. There's a name I haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. And th- this might be my most controversial. Number eight, Isaiah Joe. <laughs> now, my argument for this is one, he's under team control for the next two years, two yeah. million next year, and then a team option two years from now. If he's really a 45% shooter, yeah. those guys have significant value in the league. Yeah. There, there are a lot of teams that Isaiah Joe, if he really is a 45% three-point shooter, would play minutes on. As we discussed, among guys who are taking that many attempts per game, none of them are playing less than 18 minutes yeah. and shooting that well. None of them are playing less than 18 minutes. So that's why I have him in this tier. Because we're talking about a guy who, based on everyone else in the league who's shooting this well from three, he would be a 20-minute-per-game guy on most teams in the league right now. Yeah, he's playing. I, I would like to see him on a good team, playing like that amount of minutes for a team that has pressure. Yeah, before I would like believe it, I I would bump him down, like 
Definitely mm. bump him down. What about bump him up? Uh, bump him up to two firsts. <laughs> uh, the other name I have in this tier, number seven, Kenrich Williams. Yeah. Now, Kenrich, it's both because he's been playing well as of late, but also you start looking at his contract. To get a guy like that for the next four, <laughs> after this year, four years. I know. 6.2, 6.7, 7.2, team option. It's going to look so silly when the new... It's going to look when stupid. the new money comes in because that will be about the minimum contract. Then he absolutely would get a first because of that contract. Now it's funny that we were talking about this about him last year yeah. and whether we could get a first for him. And we we're kind of like, eh, I don't know, maybe yeah. you could. But now that he's on this contract, I mean, this is a ridiculous bargain for a player like this. Like a team like Golden State, I feel like would absolutely be smart to give up a first for Kendrick Williams. Not that I want to give yeah. Kendrick Williams away for first, but yeah, you wouldn't. And it's, and it's not only the play on the court, but it's like the team culture stuff that he brings. It's like, it's the whole, it's the whole package with whole package with Kenrich. He's the, he is the man. He's probably my favorite guy to interview on the team. You know, he's great. He's so much fun. And he's just so, he's so down to earth. He still feels like when you talk to him, like I I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> like I can't believe I get to do this, you know, kind of thing. And it's just refreshing because I mean, a lot of the, the Thunder have taken a lot of guys high in the draft and have guys that have had like expectations for a career. It's like you talk to those guys and they're like, "Of course I'm here," <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. You know, you talk to Kenrich and he's like, "Man." He's just, I mean, he's just like a real person, you know? Like, it's just really cool to to see that. And, yeah, like any team would love to have that guy, you know? And if if he does, and I think he'll stay on this team for a long time, and if this team does become, like, a really good team again, there are going to be, like, entire profiles written on Kenrich and, like, what he has meant to this Thunder and the rebuild. Like, just, like, book it. Like, that's going to happen. I mean, he already has like massive fans in smart guy NBA media. I mean, he already gets oh, yeah. talked about. Oh yeah. Well, he'll be he'll get brought up in in trades again. People are now coming around to the fact that the Thunder don't want to trade him, and that he doesn't want to be traded. You know, his representation has like been very clear, and for years, by the way, they've been very clear that he doesn't want to go anywhere, and they're not shy yeah. about telling just about anybody. You know, <laughs> and so if if like. If anybody has had a chance and like you know, I've talked to him a bunch, like has a chance to like talk to Kenrich's representation, like they they'll say, No, like he's very happy in Oklahoma City. Like he does he legitimately doesn't want to leave and Kenrich himself has had to say that multiple times, like on the record and in as many glowing ways as possible, like he wants to stay here. So I think like the message is finally being received by the likes of like Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks and those kind of guys. Uh, so that brings us to tier three, which is high quality first or multiple protected first. So high quality first, think of like um, either something as good as like the the Sixers pick coming up, which is like top six and then top four, yeah. or even something like the Suns pick that was like top ten top or twelve 10 protected. protected. Yeah, yeah. So, something something where you got a little juice. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're feeling pretty good. You feel feel like there's some upside on it. Or multiple protected first. So like getting multiple like lottery protected first. So number six, I have Usman Jang. Okay. Um it's just hard to get a read on how other teams would value him currently. Well we know that the Cavs and other teams were trying to trade for him the night the Thunder did and that's why the right. Thunder had to give up what they did. So yeah. Like that's that has been reported that has been talked about and so there are other teams that believe in his potential so yeah but it also is the type of thing where there's a lot of teams who just wouldn't be interested in Usman Jang just because he's such a project yeah he's not ready he's not ready to play and so like yeah if you're a contender like if you're the Warriors like yeah they're like no we cannot do this again like (laughs) no no please no god no don't do this (laughs) and then number five in the same tier I have Lou Dort who, you know, especially with the money going up, his deal is probably going to end up looking very good. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, it's already like a solid deal, even as we've been talking about how there's been aspects of this season that have been rough for Dort, including the game against Portland, where I believe he shot two of five in the restricted area. Yeah, there Um, there were some laughable attempts. You know what's so crazy, though? He's got some moves to get to the basket. He He had like a Eurostep crossover. I know. I was like, whoa. And you could hear the crowd going, whoa. And then he just rocketed it off the backboard. (laughs) Just like yeah. zero touch whatsoever. Well, I I don't think I've talked about this yet, but I was asking Mark about it over the weekend. Um, I was actually actually just trying to talk to him about J Dub, and he offered up stuff about Dort when I talked about. Did I talk about this? Uh, I don't think so. Um, so he mentioned. So I just said, just talked about J Dub and his efficiency. And how, like, is he the kind of guy that you'd have to, like, push to take more shots? Or or are you even wanting him to take more shots? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I definitely want him to take more shots. He said, I would even be willing to let him sacrifice some efficiency just to be more aggressive with his shot. Yeah. He said, but there's, he's like, there's this spectrum of players with their personalities and, like, their predispositions. He's like, every player comes to us with, like, a predisposition to how they play the game and how they want to play. He said, on one end, you have the guys, and he mentioned J-Dub and Trey Mann. He said, you have these guys that are extremely talented, but you have to push them to be aggressive with their shot. He said, and then you have Lou Dort, who's on the complete other end of the spectrum, who, like, we are trying to get him to dial it back and trying to bring him closer to the middle. But when guys are just trying to play the game, he's like, they go all the way back to their predispositions. And so, like, we're slowly trying to get both of those guys, like J-Dub to become more aggressive and Lou Dort to know when to be aggressive and when not to. And so I just thought it was really interesting that he offered that up. Well, I was even asking him about Lou. Like, honestly, not really interested in broaching that subject this season just because it honestly just does not matter. Like, this season, those kind of things just do not matter. But the fact that he acknowledged it publicly and talked about how like they are trying to get Lou to dial it back, you know, yeah. it's like just the fact that he would offer that up freely. It's like, great. That's more, that's way more than I asked of you. And, you know, as a, I don't know, it's as a, somebody like an observer and for Thunder fans, I think it's just good to know that like, not only, I'm sure they've acknowledged it behind the scenes. Like you, you would have to, you know the the way that it looks yeah. on film, the way that he shot the ball, like it has to be acknowledged. Like it's just like it has to be acknowledged. But it's just nice that like publicly, like Mark was like willing to offer that up without even me asking him about it. Yeah, it's been such a weird environment for Dort because imagine him just being on a team like Sacramento, where you have De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Sabonis, yeah, even Keegan Murray. Yeah, I think he would fall into what you would imagine his role would be on a team like that. Mm-hmm. I think he would. Mm-hmm. But in this environment currently, there's not like a lot of obvious like flashing lights telling him like you don't need to be taking all these shots. No. Whereas I, I do think it would be more obvious to him in a place like Sacramento. Yeah. And and why I still have him in this tier, even though he, you know, maybe having somewhat of a down season. Yeah. Um I still think he will be this kind of value going forward. And te- teams value the defense. Teams value the kind of player that he is. And so, yeah, I th- I think that you're I think you're right on. Okay, next tier is tier two, which I have split into two tiers: mm-hmm. tier two A, tier two B. Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, this tier is multiple high quality first and or quality young prospect or prospects. Yeah. You have to be start. Now we're getting into like packages. You have to send us a package with yeah. multiple nice things. Mm-hmm. Number four, Josh Giddy. Okay. Number mm-hmm. three, J Dub. Mm-hmm. What do you think about me ordering that that way? My thinking was, it's easier for a team to fit J Dub into whatever they're planning to do. Whereas if you're going to trade all of that for Giddy you have to be kind of committed to Giddy as your lead guy. If you're going to willing to give up that much. Yeah. Um, I would definitely flip him. 
definitely well. Definitely. Giddy has shot the ball better than J Dub from three this year. Like Yes, but he yes, but J Dub just started shooting, Andrew. Give him a second. I know. Will you give him a second? Giddy's younger than J Dub. Yeah. Giddy is he's bigger, stronger. I mean I I I think that J Dub is really good. I think that J Dub is like the the cool new thing, but I think Giddy long term is a better prospect. I'm still uh, I'm torn on it uh, because I do think defensively I feel better about J Dub going forward. Yeah, I feel a lot better about J Dub going forward. Um, and offensively, yes, Giddy is shooting better now, but it's not like either of them are shooting it well. Yeah, and yeah. J Dub has some history of shooting it well. And if he, he was shooting it the way he shot it at Santa Clara, I think this would be a no brainer. Yeah, because he does so many other things offensively, and we're just tapping into it. Yeah, again, I, this is like really close for me. I, I this is what I ended up going with, mm-hmm. but and I think there's an argument both ways. More important thing is I did separate this tier into two because tier two A, I thought that Chet deserved to be on a higher tier than those two, but below Shea yeah. right now. So I put Chet at number two. Yeah. And then obviously tier one, superstar package, multiple unprotected first and swaps, mm-hmm. and young players. I put yes. Shea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shea would be more than Donovan Mitchell. And Got talking it. about contracts, and this is the case for a lot of guys around Shea's age but yeah i mean carl anthony towns in a couple years is going to be making 60 million and shay's going to be making 20 million less than him in like the prime of his prime yeah yeah it's 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 going to be an incredible contract yeah it's gonna look it's gonna look insane yeah whenever he is like 25 and just crushing it on a team that's in the playoffs yeah it's gonna look great yeah yeah my only I think my only disputes with you are I would have Giddy higher, I would have Wiggins higher, I'd have Trey lower. Um, we can't have Trey any lower than I mean, if you had him lower, he would be. Oh, you would just flop. You'd probably keep Trey in that same tier, but just have Wiggins ahead of him. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you want you said you wanted to take Isaiah Joe down to number seventeen, which I yes. disagreed with. Isaiah Joe, yes, Isaiah Joe would definitely take down a notch just because of the the versatility issues. Like I don't, it's hard to be a one way specialist in this league today. Like you have to be able to do lots of different things, and I think that Joe could develop. Like he's still only twenty three. Like there's there's room for development there. And I would say there's been more encouraging things of him like attacking off the bounce than there's been for some one-way players of Thunder past. Sure. Definitely. He's had some moments already where I'm De- like, oh, I didn't realize he could do that. He's got more juice than like Anthony Morrow did. Yes. Like, and I love Anthony Morrow. He's a very nice guy too. I just don't wow. know that Anthony Morrow would make it in this NBA. Because you have to have multiple skills to make it in this league. Like, There's no more... I'm just this one thing. Like you can't you can't survive in this league. Teams will teams know how to shut off the one thing. And then you're like if you just take away Joe's shooting, then what's left? Well, uh, yeah, okay, Andrew, if you take away uh let's see here. Let me see here. Let me see here. Uh, this is why Dort it, defense. What's left? <laughs> I mean, that's a that is a problem. That is that an issue. Terrifying. He's got a little bit more juice, but like I don't know how you take away his take defense. away Giddy's passing. Okay, now he never passes. He's now got he's a, he's a Carmelo Anthony black hole. Every time he passes the ball, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Like this is no, what this is like the Thunder's draft strategy too, is like bringing in guys that can do multiple things. Yeah, and that can. Like have answers when you take away when you take something away. You know that's why you have to do it. Um, if you like all star voting, you should go vote for Shea Gildas Alexander because he he needs your votes. He needs your votes, and I'm very interested to see where he ends up. I, I hope we do not get another K-pop Andrew Wiggins takeover. We better not. I will be so I, that kind of stuff is so annoying. It's so so annoying. especially this year because there are so many guys 
who are deserving yeah. in the West. And not to say that Wiggins has had a bad season, but he's been out now for a little while too. Yeah. And that team just isn't good. Yes, better than Thunder. But if he, if someone like Andrew Wiggins makes it over Shea, who I don't think is going to get enough votes to be a starter, right? But should definitely be coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, if that happened, I would be, I would, I would go crazy and yeah, turn into the Joker. Yeah, we would go crazy on this podcast. Uh, Josh Gideon, Darius Baisley have been upgraded to questionable. They both participated shoot around. That is courtesy of our, our guy Joe Masato. Um, so. We get to play the Blazers again tonight. Should be a fun game. Might have uh, Baisley and Josh Giddy available and uh, should be an interesting one. So tune in for that. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.